I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about protecting your identity from yourself. Not too sure about this one, but we're going to be talking to Jessica Pilgrim. She is a life coach. So welcome to the show, Jessica. Hi, thank you. So I'm stealing my own identity. Is this what you're telling me? (laughs) Yeah, we do this all the time. So even some random statistics, since we do like numbers on this show, right? Right. So the average person has around 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. So to break that down, 80% of them are negative. 95% of them are just repeated thoughts from the day before. So if we have these negative thoughts, let's roll with that 80%. If you're one of those that typically has those negative thoughts, you're taking your own identity from yourself in regards to the potential that you could have. Why are we cutting ourselves short? Why are we taking the potential of our God-given abilities when we should be flourishing? I know this is, you're talking about in all aspects of life, but I'm going to put this in like maybe my career because for most people, they earn money through a job. So if I am saying, oh, I'm a loser, I, I never understand technology and everything in business nowadays is all about the technology. It's changing all the time. I have to do social media. I hate social media. There's no way I'm ever going to do it. If that's all I'm, or mostly all I'm saying to myself, you're saying that's prohibiting me from getting ahead in life? Absolutely, hands down. Yeah. Because even to put it in a short explanation, what we think about, we bring about. And I know your listeners have heard of that. (laughs) I mean, this is simply the law of attraction. So if we're ingraining in our mind this negative junk, oh, I don't like social media you're not going to like it. Of course, your your subconscious mind is not going to be open to even learning it. Let's say you're a $50,000 earner. Oh, I could never make 100000 a year. Oh, I could never get those bonuses that Sally or Bob get. I could never do the duh. You're self-sabotaging yourself. You're stealing the identity of the growth of the potential you can become. Why? Why keep doing that to yourself? Well, aren't some people just hardwired mentally in some ways? I mean, not everybody thinks exactly the same way. That would be a really boring society if if we did. If some people's brains are just hardwired or have tendencies, you know, one way toward another, some people are just, they're positive, they're always optimistic. But how do you change that thought? If that's your tendency to be either, you know, happy or more negative, have those thoughts that bring you down? How do you change that? Yeah, this is such a great question. And this is what I help people unravel in my coaching business. Right on. You're perfectly on the money on this one. It's actually, first of all, seeing yourself different. 
Because here's the thing, you're right. A lot of people are programmed to think negatively because we were around it when we couldn't consciously choose a different thought. Because the thing is, our conscious mind takes in whatever is around us and it dumps it into the subconscious. The subconscious mind actually takes that and turns it into an action. So in other words, let's say as a two-year-old, you were always told, oh, be careful, don't fall, you're going to hurt yourself. Oh, da 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 you're going to grow up thinking, I've got to be careful, I will hurt myself. So your body goes out into the world and you're super cautious and you don't want to take on extra tasks. You don't want to do adventurous things necessarily because you're afraid you're going to hurt yourself. Or you grew up and the people who raised you said something of the effect of money doesn't grow on trees. We can't afford that. We're not those type people. Money makes people bad. You're going to be ingrained to think that those things are true. But actually what I help people is to reverse engineer that thinking. We get rid of those things that are keeping us emotionally attached to those things that were ingrained in us. And we reprogram positive aspects, not only about money, but about every aspect of who we are. I think it's very evident when we have abusive relationships which actually can sometimes play itself into work. You wind up in jobs that are not good for your psyche and you feel like you just can't get out. But that, I think a lot of people can identify with that abuse. You grew up in abuse. That's all you've known. And for some reason that attracts more abuse in your life, even as you get out of the home you grew up in. You're comfortable with it. It's what you know. So what are some little baby steps that we can help people do to change that thought or get them out of a situation? I have my clients first think about what they want. We write down a long, extensive list of what you want. And then we dissect that want list. We jot down at least 30 things that you really, really want. They can be silly. Actually, the more outrageous, the better. Like, get your imagination involved. And then we break that, those 30 down and put them into categories. So we got, like, category A, B, C, let's say. A are these important goals. B, semi-important. C, not so really, but would be fabulous if I had them. Then we prioritize those categories. What my client ends up with is this, we call it a top one goal. So it's this A one goal. It was on the high priority urgent list and it's number one. We're going to focus heavily on that. And then you'll, they start to see that all of these other 29 or more goals are stepping stones to meet that. So we, we break it down. There's that top one goal. Fabulous. Now let's change your self image of who you are and who you want to be to meet that goal. All right. So Jessica, here we go. This is this is my counseling session. Everybody's going to be in on this, okay? My top goal, I want to be Queen of England. Ooh, nice. Okay, so get me there. What do we do? Yeah, well, you first of all have to see yourself as Queen of England. What does she do? What does she wear? She's obviously a citizen of England. Right. You have to grow up as royal family to be in England. Now you're so putting obstacles to... in my way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I mean, there's some things that have to be remotely achievable. You know what I mean? Like, okay. if being Queen of England, we have to be of the family descent. So that one could be a booger to figure out. <laughs> but to even be a highly sought out person or influence in England that works with the Queen, we could figure that one out. Would require moving over there. It would require a lot of steps, but okay. it's reverse engineering it. All right, so you would start there. So you go, okay, maybe Queen of England isn't quite what you can achieve, but you can maybe get into her inner circle. Then that's what you're saying is work backwards from there. Okay, to get into the inner circle, you got to do a few things. And that's how you help people change the identity that they see in themselves. Of course. Yeah, and we have to, once we have that top one goal, Again, we have to create the image of who you are. So who is this person that hangs out with the queen? What do you guys do? What do you wear? What do you talk about? Where are some places that you go? What are some foods that you enjoy? So we've got to really see yourself as that person instead of perhaps the person who grew up with the thoughts of, oh, I could never leave the state. I could only be a $50,000 a year earner. I don't even have the amount of money to invest and do all these money things that everyone is encouraging me to do with my finances. It's changing that image of who you are. Hence why this identity theft, it, it's sneaky. It's happening. But yeah. people just don't realize it because those negative thoughts are so habitual. We do need to take a break. When we come back, I want to delve into this a little further I think especially how we change our way of thinking, because that is the first step. And I'm sure there's a lot of ways we can do that. So we'll be right back with Jessica Pilgrim. She is a life coach. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the Making Sense the Show. If it affects your life in any way, money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about how your thoughts, your own thoughts, can steal your identity and prevent you from earning the most that you possibly can. Joining me today is Jessica Pilgrim. She is a life coach with Pilgrim Life Coaching. All right, Jessica, in that first segment, you described about how we can change some of our negative thoughts and get us going to what our ultimate goal is. But what are some other ways, because my goal was kind of out there, so maybe if I start with, I want to change careers, what are some ways we can change our thought when I go, I'm not educated in whatever field I'm thinking I want to go to, maybe I don't even have a college degree. How do I start changing my thoughts to, I can't, I don't, I won't be able to, to, yeah, let me do this. Oh, great questions. So yeah, we did talk about in the previous section, how to figure out that top one goal. So we have something to focus on. 
So this is a great example. Let's say that I do want to change careers. I'm currently in manufacturing. I want to become financial planner because this money thing is fun to me. It makes sense. I get it, but I don't have a degree in it. Who am I, this manufacturer, this operator, to be sharing financial information with people? Who am I to help people achieve their financial goals when I'm stuck here at this plant? I grew up knowing that money doesn't grow on trees. So who am I to earn more than I currently am? Who am I to actually step out? My whole family has been at a plant working in manufacturing. I can't do that thing to be independent. I need someone to tell me what to do and where to be. I know these financial planners are independent. But I really want it. I'm good at it. I know this financial stuff. And even when I talk about it with my friends over dinner, then they go and do what I ask. Then their their profit increases. Their assets increase. So I see myself as this, but yet I know the quality and the value of my education, the stuff that I just know and I've learned off YouTube, I've learned by talking to others, I know it's valuable. What do I do? I feel stuck. So first of all, if that person's top one goal is to be a financial planner, for example, we would reverse engineer how they see themselves. So we've got to see themselves not getting up in the morning going to the manufacturing plant. We've got to see themselves putting on the suit, putting on that button-up shirt, perhaps a tie. What does a financial planner wear? You've got to see yourself meeting people for coffee, perhaps having lunch and learns, perhaps going to network meetings. Even ask some financial planners, how do you attain clients? And start seeing themselves gaining clients in that regard. They've got to do all of these image works. This is where the hard work comes in. This is why not many people do it. Because it really is hard work. It's the thinking stuff. You've got to do it with all your senses. They've got to see it, smell it, taste it. On average, how long do you think it normally takes for someone to start making that change in thought patterns? Depends on how ingrained the other, I'm going to call it trash, the negative stuff, depends on how deeply ingrained it is. It also depends on the person's drive. How bad do they want this? And even the law of gestation says we can't know when a spiritual seed is going to develop. A spiritual seed is an idea. This idea of becoming a financial planner. Yes, we can put some strategic dates to it if we need to go to school, if we need to take certain classes, if we need to talk with a certain company about being hired, dot, dot, dot. We can put somewhat of a timeline with it. But we don't know the exact gestation of when it's going to form because it's never happened before. The more energy they put into it with this thinking on it, it's so fun to just watch what doors open up. And it's like, oh my goodness, now X company is calling me and offering me a job. Oh, now Z company is offering me a job. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like, which one do I take? But you've got to start with the self-image first. And stop stealing this identity and settling for less than your worth. At the very beginning, you did say that 80% of people's thoughts can be negative. If it's just automatic, how do I identify when I'm having a negative thought so that I can then change it to a different image? Because if I've just been doing this all along for 20, 30, 50, 80 years, 
How do you just all of a sudden flip and go, oh, that's negative. I just got to be positive now. It's definitely a practice. I even have people walk around with pen and paper, or you can put it in the notes section of your phone, things of that nature. But whenever something pops in your mind and it's like, oh, I could never do that. Ooh, okay. That kind of sounds negative. Let me jot it down just in case. Or even if a female in males look in the mirror, gosh, why I'm just, I feel so fat. I don't look good today. Why am I so ugly? Why, what is my hair doing? All of those negative things. Jot it down. We got to start by jotting it down and getting it on paper before we can get to the depth of it. So I have people walk around with pen and paper for a good two, three, six weeks. It depends on how ingrained and how many things are actually going on that are just habitually going through your mind. But it's like, oh, that kind of sounds negative. Let me ask Jess and make sure. Let's see. And we work hands on to then turn those things into something positive. But we want to be able to have the person grasp it. So I don't do like a 180 difference. We don't necessarily look in the mirror and go from, oh, I'm so ugly to, oh, I'm beautiful. Sometimes that's hard to swallow right? Because if you've said that to yourself over and over again, the other one's going to sound like a lie. We've got to slowly work into it. Let's see, I come into you and I go, Jessica, I'm just, I'm fat. I just, I can't do anything because of my weight, because I don't exercise. And so I can't keep up with my friends who want to go walking. And my boss looks at me like, oh, we can't promote somebody you know, who mm. looks like that, they obviously don't care about themselves. If I come in thinking it's just about my weight, do you find that there's actually more mm. underlying things than just that? So much. Even in just that example of a hypothetical statement, there's depth. Like that person is being held back not only by going and doing fun things, but this person's held back by the promotion. They're held back by because they're seeing themselves as this person who they really aren't. They're just choosing to see that in the mirror, but we need to flip that perspective and really see everything that they offer and know, first of all, what's the most important thing? Because we started off stating in the example, going and having fun, doing fun things, and then it went to the promotion. Which one's more important? Let, let's work on all of them. Let's make sure all of these goals are fulfilled. But we've got to focus on the big one first, and the other ones are stepping stones. But yes, that it infiltrates into every aspect of an individual's life. That's why it, it steals your identity in all aspects. It's not just business. It's not just friends and family. It's all of it. And it's even financially. Because if you see yourself as this person who is like you just described, they're not going to see themselves as worthy of earning a high amount either. Most likely, because they see themselves stuck. They can't even get the promotion, hypothetically. So how could they earn more money to then invest it, to then let it grow? Then the cycle just keeps repeating in the snowball effect. We do need to take one more break. When we come back, we'll try to wrap all this up and maybe get a few more tips on how we can change the way we think about ourselves and how that can also help our income potential. We'll be right back with Jessica Pilgrim. She is a life coach. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about protecting your identity from yourself. And if you aren't quite sure what that is, we're talking about that right now with Jessica Pilgrim. She is a life coach. 
Jessica, we've talked in the first two segments about different ways people can start changing their attitudes about the thoughts they have. But what are some of the obstacles for people making the first step toward changing their mindset? Yeah, because you do have to be ready. I mean, if the person's not ready to change their mindset in regards to who they are, it's going to be darn hard to achieve whatever they're wanting to achieve. For the examples that we used in the other segments, let's say this person wants to move from manufacturing to be in a different career and they want to be a financial planner. If they see this obstacle of where they are, I am a manufacturing employee, I could never do that. And they're not willing to change their mindset of, oh, I could probably be a financial planner. I could at least investigate it a little bit. Even just to get their toe in the door, that that's always going to be an obstacle. They're just not ready. They're not ready to change. Yeah. It's kind of like someone who's wanting to lose weight, but they're not ready to give up the cakes and chips. Like, it's okay. If you're not ready to give up what needs to happen, if you're not ready to give up those negative thoughts, that negative image of who you were, and allow you to grow into the you that God wants you to become, and like, you're, you keep stealing your identity from yourself, then you're, you're, you're not going to grow. Yeah. But for those who are ready to grow, it's a matter of seeing yourself as that person. Yes, you're going to run into obstacles. Like for the example of the employee moving over to a financial planner idea, they're going to run into obstacles because that's what happens. I call them brick walls. But when you have this identity, this image of who you are and this top one goal so firmly planted, and we've already gotten rid of some of those negative thoughts and turned them into positive, at least 1% more positive than they were, those obstacles are just hurdles and not brick walls. Is it a matter of, because there are some people who are afraid to start something, and then there are other people who are afraid to finish it. I have friends who start stuff all the time and never finish. And it doesn't matter if it's building a chair or mm -hmm. building a different career, whatever it is, they start a ton load of things and they never ever are completed in their lives. And then you have the ones that I think would probably complete stuff, but they never actually start it. Yeah. So for the first example of someone who starts something but never finishes, they have this wild idea of doing something. Let's make a chair. But then when they get to it and it's like, ooh, the legs, the spindles, how do I make them, how do I make them round? How do I put that decorative finish on them? Like, I like, mm, it's too hard. I'll just stop. That's the brick wall. But it's like, come on, we can figure this out. We can figure out how to make somewhat of a hole for the leg to fit up into. We can figure out how to make it the correct size. We can figure out there are YouTube videos we could watch. There are people in my neighborhood that have done woodworking. We could ask. We could figure this out. So it's kind of like when that self-image is so ingrained and it's worth it, they can get past that brick wall. But clearly it wasn't worth it to finish the chair. And for those even starting something new, and it's so terrifying to even get out of your comfort zone, to even start something new, like investing. Oh my gosh, who do I even talk with in regards to financial investments? 
where do I start? Do I do life insurance? Do I do whole life insurance? Do I do stocks? Like, oh my God, like, where do I even start? It's just too scary. I'm going to stop. But you know what? It's just starting the conversation. And if that's all it is, it's fine. At least start with something. But again, they've got to see themselves as someone who likes investing. They appreciate their money growing versus, you know, sitting in a can buried in the backyard. But if you don't even see yourself as someone who appreciates the help of someone else, like a financial planner, you don't see yourself as an investor. You see yourself as the type that would prefer to put it in a mason jar and put it in the ground. Then you're going to keep putting it in a mason jar and put it in the ground. It all goes back to that self-image in your identity. Uh, Jessica, what are some top two or three tips that you have for people to get started? Definitely see yourself as who you want to be and already having what you want. You've got to see yourself as already that person and already having all the things you want with all of your senses. So you've got to imagine it with smell the area that you're in. Maybe you've done so well that you're vacationing on the beach and you smell, I don't know, suntan lotion. (laughs) Let's say you're tasting margaritas or maybe some fresh food that came off the island. You're having conversations with people on the beach beside you. So you hear things. You are seeing things. You're seeing the ocean. You you, you hear the ocean. You've got to add all of our senses and get fully involved in this. Even if you just let your mind wander and be imaginative for just like 10 seconds, it's okay. We've got to start somewhere. But then even when we get to the point, and remember at the first segment, we mentioned that the thinking is the hardest part. So this is, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's easy work, but even if we think on this positive side, for even just 51% more than the negative side, you'll start to see things start to come in, start to happen. So definitely as an exercise, imagine life is already being what you want and you having it with all five senses. So I'm going to do that as Queen of England. Yes. <laughs> all right, Jessica Pilk, first of all, are you taking clients and is it only in South Carolina where you're based or do you take clients from everywhere? I do have room for a few more clients and I have clients in all states. So it's certainly not just South Carolina. So where could people reach you if they wanted to learn a bit more about how to attract well, I would say wealth because I talk about money, but mm-hmm. just any type of wealth, whether it's wealth in friendships, relationships, anything like that, where could people contact you? Actually, my clients get all of those things. So that's a good point to bring up. Email is super easy. That's just Jessica, J-E-S-S-I-C-A at bold, so dot net, And I have a lot of videos on LinkedIn. So even Jessica Pilgrim on LinkedIn, you will find a lot of my YouTube videos. I do a lot of posts in regards to tips and exercises that you can do. I will have links to some of that in the description of this show so people can go there if they need to find that. So thank you so much, Jessica Pilgrim. Again, you are a life coach. And you are helping us to change the way we think to be the people we want to be, which should attract better jobs, more wealth, 
whether it's money wealth or just relationship wealth. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.